episode 69. I'm Forrest Hall. This is uh, Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters, because real church matters. And I'm here with, once again, my mother. Minister Sylvia Hall. Yeah, you got to get get on the microphone. Last time you were a little soft on the the microphone, so this is your second time. You're a pro now. (laughs) Considered a pro. Um... Glad to have you back, Mom. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> <laughs> the feedback about the episode has been good. I uh, I knew it would be. I was I was so anxious to put it out because I just I, I people need to hear wisdom, and it's not enough wisdom going around. It's a lot of people talking, yeah, but it's not a lot of wisdom going around. And so that was a blessing. And I think this one will be a blessing as well. Uh, housekeeping first. RealChurchMatters.com for the episodes. The show notes are in there, scriptures and all of that. If you listen on your device and you're more preferable to iTunes and uh, you have an Apple phone, you can go to the podcast app. Just search Real Church Matters. Subscribe. Write a review. Rate us. All that stuff helps because, uh, you know, gets in more people's eye space. If you listen to it via SoundCloud, you can search Real Church Matters, will pop up, and too many Real Church Matters out there. So, um, like us on there, follow us, repost us, share it on your social media. Speaking of social media, we're on social media. Facebook is Real Church Matters. Uh, Twitter is Real Church MTTRS. Instagram is Real Church Matters as well. Follow us, share us, like us. I'm always putting just things that are laid on my heart. Um, they always sound a little limericky, a little bit like Jesus haikus, but <laughs> they, they, hopefully they, they help somebody. Um, it's just the way it comes to me. Uh, I guess God talks to all of us in our special way. Yes, he does. Yeah, so I think he knows I like words. <laughs> so he makes sure he... Stuff some fun words in that word of life. Uh, what else? If you want to give or support us uh, financially, it helps us to buy equipment, microphones, all of this. It's a nice setup, right, Ma? Yeah, it's really elaborate. Well, it, it, some of it came out of my pocket, and some of it came from people like the uh, the Bullards and the Savoys and uh, the uh, Spicers. And just so many other people who have been donating and giving. Um, so I appreciate it because then we're able to get nice equipment and we're able to to give the word of God its proper due. Yes. It should sound good. Yes, it should sound good. <laughs> it is it, it is good word, so it should sound good. It's a shame when, you know, people are talking about foolishness in pristine condition. <laughs> and then they talk about the word and it sounds like a transistor radio. Like we're in the twenties, like Jesus says our love. <laughs> so it shouldn't sound like that. So I appreciate each and every person. If you are interested in giving, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash real church matters. And of course, you give a dollar or more, you get access to a little more matters, which is just us continuing the conversation a bit more. Um, you also, if you give ten dollars or more, you get a free t-shirt. And there's a special um, thing that's coming out next week. And I would love to talk about it more, but I want to keep it a surprise. But that's free to all of our Patreon supporters. Um, And it'll be available to everybody else to pay for. But it's free to you guys, and you'll get it first. So just appreciative for all of that. Um, I think that's it. As always, go to Go Do Likewise to read Antoinette's blogs awesome uh, woman of God and consistently writing um, about her experiences and growth in God. Uh, That's it. And I forgot to say it last week, but I will say it this week. As always, we appreciate you guys, but it's obedience over audience. But with that being said, let's get to it. Episode 69 is about the spirit. Amen. The spirit realm, the spooky part of church. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to call it. Though. I think I'm going to call it the spooky part of church. <laughs> I, yeah, that was a spooky laugh too. But it, it's just, 
it's a part of church that I've always um, had to contend with as a child, being that we grew up in apostolic and Pentecostal church environments. So to see people speaking in tongues or see them shouting or to see them uh, just prophesying, those are things that were um, a norm. But I did notice, just like I grew up in the advent of technology like the internet, I did come up in the advent or the shift of the church. Yeah. And I, I did notice the charismatic movement, and that means something to some people, but for those who are uninitiated, the modernization of church yeah. has taken a per- portion of church away that honestly um, is concerning because I feel that we're taking the spiritual nature away from the spirit. I call it the sterilization of church. That's awesome. That's good. That's good. <laughs> the sterilization of church. Actually, we might make that the title. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm torn. But it, the sterilization, the homogenation. Yeah. Uh, just the, the conformity that we see in church. Yes. And I think that that's a good word, too, is so prevalent that, honestly, when people come to church and see elements of spirituality in church, it's foreign to them enough to be like, Church was strange today. Wasn't yes, it? yeah, scary. Yeah. Oh, scary, too scary. <laughs> <laughs> and my thing is, is that the uh, the interesting part is that when you look at the advent of the church, all the way back in Acts chapter two, this is literally the foundation of the church. of the church. The foundation of the church was the spirit. In actual, all actuality, these people sat and waited. They did not have a church yet. They didn't have a form or function of church yet. They were told to wait until the Holy Spirit came and gave them direction for the church that it ended up being in the the precipice of Paul and Peter. All of these people were able to have this awesome ministry, an awesome church because of the move of the Spirit. Of the Spirit. And I said to you earlier, people are interested in the spirit moving, but not through them. That's the truth. It's the truth because it can't be controlled by man. Man only desires to have something that they can control, dominate, um, instruct to go a certain way, to to be perceived in a certain way, and hopefully to gain fruit from that. You know, they want to fill chairs. Yeah. They want to fill altars. They want to fill pockets. Yeah. It all it it's it's all the same thing. But when you turn from that and you look at the the church, the original church, how they waited on the Spirit of God. And after that, it was as if it, it said everything that is said after the point that the Holy Spirit came in is kind of a magical. Or yeah. because all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes in like a mighty Russian wind. Yeah. He didn't just uh, step in and nobody knew he was there. He came in like a mighty Russian wind. And then he came upon the tongues as clothes of fire. Yeah. And they began to speak in other tongues so that each man could perceive what they were saying in their own language. This is, you know, when we look at the original church and the beginnings of the church, we understand what God intended yeah. For church. And he took these different people, different backgrounds. He combined them together through the Spirit. Yes. Unified through the Spirit. So much so that, like you said, in Acts chapter 2, we can go to verse 7. And he says, that, and they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Said Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phagia and uh, Pamphylia in Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. God, we're God. 
Cayman to unify a people that he had already called to himself. Called to himself, but in the in in the Old Testament, he actually confounded their languages. Yeah, and pressed them apart because it was a plan. This plan. They was going to come down for centuries later. And then he took the Tower of Babel and it became the upper room. The, the Tower of Babel is where he confounded their language and the upper room is where he unified. Yeah. And just, just to, to give it a, a clarity to the people who are like, well, y'all, y'all saying a whole lot because we did cover a whole lot like a matter of 10 minutes. Yeah. But what we're saying is, is that the spirit is this unifying factor in the idea of church. Yes. And when you quench him, you, when you quiet him, yes. When you try to tame him, cuz w- what I realize is that people want to move the spirit. They want to move it how they want to. Yeah. We want to when we see somebody sick, we want to cast out yeah the cancer and we want to cast out homosexuality. And we want to do this. We want to use the spirit to our advantage. Yes. But we do not let the spirit use us. Or determine when. Or determine how. This Absolutely. is this is what man has done. And this is how church is today. So we have a people now. We have people who come in these church doors every week. Yeah. And they have been conditioned. We can't blame it on the people. Because the people did not condition themselves to this. It Absolutely. was the church that switched. Yeah. It was the church that moved. And the church conditioned the people to be used to everything being conformed. Because, so, because just like marketing. Yes. We know sex sells. Yes. Spirit doesn't sell. Spirit doesn't sell. It doesn't. doesn't sell. It doesn't. Spirit doesn't sell in church. Sex doesn't sell in church. In a, in a way, it does. But what ultimately sells in today's church is hurt. Hurt, pain, convenience. Flesh. Convenience. Convenience. It, 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 it all sells. It's all a big commodity. Because it's it's profitable to the church. Yeah. And and to some extent, it's profitable to continue to have a, 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 a audience of people who remain in that hurt place. Absolutely. You know, because they're going to keep coming and they only get free as free as you want them to be. Well, that, that's another thing, Ma. The, the reality is, is that we don't even know what a church filled with spirit-led people looks like. No, of course not. Because it don't look like hurt folks. No, it does. <laughs> it don't look like, like literally, like when we look at this church, this Acts chapter two church. Yeah. Who was filled with the spirit where they came from different places, different backgrounds, different language, all to understand each other speaking the works of God. I don't even know if they could still understand each other just talking normal. No. About normal stuff. But at least when it came to the works of God. They all understood. They all understood. And unified in that. And so much so that when you speed forward, every man had, everything was in common to every man. They began taking care of every other's needs. And because of this, it said the body of Christ grew daily. Daily. Literally just so exponentially that it was to the point where there was churches popping up everywhere. Because you didn't have to wait. For three years or four years of sitting in discipleship class or or coming to church and sitting in order to be empowered. You were empowered by the Spirit and began to speak the marvelous works of God. And people began to move as God, the Spirit of God led. And all of a sudden you had a whole body of people equipped yeah empowered and it just grew and we we don't even understand that nowadays so sometimes you hear churches talk about some of the causality yeah of of what we see so we read and further on in acts where these guys sold their possessions yeah and gave all they had to the church and the church now used uses those examples to prompt people to give but not with the motivations those people had. Those people were moved by a spirit. Yes. They uh, appeared to them as fire. As fire. They were moved by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. It's a word no one likes to say anymore. Yeah. The Holy Ghost. Literally, it was a word when I was growing up that was only used in context of someone who was shouting. Yeah. 
because that even even back then um there was only a piece of the Holy Ghost that they would embrace and that or was that felt comfortable or with. felt comfortable with that was that part that caused people to shout or move in a certain way or caused them to uh to to a lot of times speak um in tongues yeah sometimes with the interpretation and sometimes not but just speaking loudly in yeah. tongues and and finding what we thought when they passed out under the influence of this was just a mighty work of god but this is what the church then was comfortable with it's yeah. still far it was still far away from what God intended. Because yeah. I am almost positive that that much power God did not expect for man just to heap it upon himself, consume it, shout until he dropped. For, and, his, for his own glory. For his own glory. Which is kind of like the sorcerer who um, went to Paul yes. and said, how much does it cost? Yeah, he said, I, I want some of this. I want to use this. Uh, I, my tricks are good. It entertains people. But what you did, that was real power. Mm-hmm. And I want to know how much it cost. And Paul had to, to reprimand him. He had to let him know this is not for sale. This cannot be used in that way. Yeah. And so we don't see people necessarily using the actual power of the Spirit of God. But we see them wielding a perception of power. Of power. Yes, a form of godliness. And denying the power. And denying the see, power. the power requires you to change. Absolutely. See, it changes wherever it inhabits. So that's where man has 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 erred. Yeah. Because you can't maintain your thoughts, your opinions. Yeah. And, and house the power of God. It's interesting you said house the power of God. Because literally the title of the podcast just hit me when you were talking. It's the house that spirit built. Yes. And that's where we're missing is we don't have a church anymore. The spirit built. The spirit built. And we don't have temples anymore. The spirit built. And and do we really desire it? Do we? So that was Acts chapter 2, verse 12. Their response to all of this was interesting because they it shows in verse 12, it shows one type of person we still have exists. And 13 shows another type of person. It says, and all were amazed and perplexed yeah. at what they saw and saying to one another, what does this mean? And hopefully anybody that's listening right now, I hope I'm talking to the amazed and perplexed people because that's me. Yeah. That's me. I remember hearing a prophecy and feeling the weight of those words. Yeah. It felt real. It left me amazed and perplexed. Yes. I've heard people prophesy and thought, I feel nothing. Yeah. At the same time. At the same time. Verse 13 says, but others mocking it. Yeah. Said they are filled with new wine. Yeah. <laughs> says, Surely they, they can't be outside of themselves without yeah. being intoxicated. Yeah. And what are they intoxicated on? Well, the world looks at us as just being high on Jesus juice. Yeah. That's what they look at. And that's what I started as this, this um, and I'm going to use this term and I'm not cussing, but I think it's an apropos term here. The bastardization of the works of the spirit. Yeah. Is leaving us looking at people and saying, not amazed and perplexed, but they're drunk with something. Yeah. And that's that is when you try to contain. I really do think that that's when you try to contain um, or rationalize the things of God and use them for your own purpose. Yeah. And the church kind of kind of does that because they have the underground railroad folks that look crazy <laughs> because they're pushed out of the church. Yeah. Because they they speak in tongues whenever they feel like it. And they fall out, and 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 they have words of prophecy, and we look at them as crazy, and we look at them as crazy, or that we even had, you know, opportunity to 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 see a person, and they came in, and and they were they were dressed, but they smelled poorly, and they were able to give prophecy to the church. Yeah, and this, you know, and that's because. 
the church in itself has has really unclear lines, not not delving into the spirit of God and allowing God to mold the church, but instead picking and choosing what parts that we're comfortable with. And it leaves us looking like, like a Frankenstein. We don't want to deal with anything we can't control. Yeah. That we can't parse and schedule. Yeah. And put into a certain order of service. Yeah. we. You know, people use it to market their church. Absolutely. They say, hey, we have four services from 8 to 12. And the spirit is strong. And the spirit is strong, a choir, and we got the well-known, well-known uh praise and worship leaders and you have opportunity for this and for that and we bought into this not knowing that God desires to speak according to what he wants and he desires to heal when he wants to he wants whoever's being healed they that God wants them to know it's yeah. me it's not that man it's me it's not that woman. It's me. So it's not convenient. Yeah. It's not convenient for, for God to interrupt your service when you haven't even passed the plate yet. And and that's that's the, the thing that for those that are listening, because I always want to deal with these real church matters, because this is a, a ch- church matter that people don't want to delve into. Mm-hmm. So you have the speaking in tongues. You have the casting out of devils. Yeah. You have the prophesying. You have these things that don't don't necessarily become aren't a part of church in the regular everyday part of church. They're not a part of our everyday lives, but they were the parts of these people's everyday life. Yes, right. And so you look at Acts chapter four, verse thirty-one. It says, "And when they prayed, the place was shaken." <laughs> when they prayed, yeah, not when they shouted, but just when they prayed. When they prayed, the place was shaken. We haven't even understood how this works because we try to pray the spirit in. (laughs) But the spirit is what infuses the prayer. The prayer. To make it so that when we pray, the place shakes. But the problem is he doesn't want you to orchestrate his prayer. You can't can't orchestrate this. (laughs) He he said that man should always pray. And, And not think. And not think. You can't orchestrate this. We cut these things off. We put them in schedules. Yeah. We make provision for everything else. Yeah. But we give no place because that's what provision mean. We make arrangements for everything else, but we squeeze God into a schedule. We say if the spirit is going to move, it needs to be from Sunday 9 to 12. After that, I got brunch. I got yeah. mimosas to drink. Yeah. I got girlfriends to hang out with. I got guys to shoot basketball with. I got kids to pack up and take to yeah. school. You got three hours, God, for your spirit to move. And yet we our problems, our issues. We find people that are mentally ill, people that are on at their last. Actually, they're like the woman with the issue of blood. They're at their last yeah. point. And they've been told that if you go to the church, that prayer can be made for you. But how is it that we're not prepared? You know, we talk about casting out devils, but to be honest, if you count the amount of devils that we actually cast out, it's it's slim to none. Yeah, you you know the devils have to feel some type <laughs> of way. That there's there's really a discrimination going on. Yeah. You cast out one devil, but you house another. You house another. Or it's discriminatory. Or you cast out one last week, and when you cut when you call for the prayer line this week, you see the same devil, the same devil is standing there saying, Okay, what you gonna do with me? So you have God's people are now perplexed. Yeah. The ones that are supposed to be housing this power of God. Yeah. They're perplexed. And they're 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 trying to keep face in the midst of all of this. And so they they try to clear the air and keep face saying, you know, you got you gotta have some faith. Or there are other means of reaching other people. That's not what Acts says. You can only cast out spirits with the spirit. So how can one cast the spirit out if you've quenched the other? There you go. Perfect example, Acts chapter, I mean, not Acts, Mark chapter 9, verse 28 through 30. And it says, when the disciples entered back in the house, 
they asked Jesus privately because, of course, they got pride. <laughs> and they don't want to be too embarrassed. So they privately asked Jesus, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. And another verse, a translation of the gospel says, without prayer and fasting. fasting. And, you know, that that in itself, that's, that's, that scripture right there is awesome because you stand and you listen and there's a lot of times when, when you've heard over the pulpit when a person arrives at the, pul- at the pulpit and they're at the altar and they came there and everybody prayed, but nothing happened. Yeah. And then you'll hear someone quote, uh, this kind cometh out but by prayer and fasting. Well, in, in, in this instant, God was talking about living a prayer life, living a life of prayer. A life of prayer is communication with God. So when God says, just as he said to the disciples when they ran into the lame man, I'm sure at different instances they ran into beggars and God said, give them some gold. And then there were times, like the man at the lame gate, he said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Rise up in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, rise up and walk. This is because he had a life of prayer. Let me put it another way. Okay. It's right along with what you're saying. It literally is not what we are doing, but what we are doing it in. Yes. So everybody's praying, but are we praying in the spirit? In the spirit. Are we hearing God? Everyone's preaching, but are they preaching in the spirit? In the spirit. Everyone's casting things out. Even the sorcerers were casting things out. But what he's saying is, in order to cast this out, you need to pray in the spirit. You need to fast from the flesh. From the flesh. So that you you might be immersed in the spirit. But you don't like the spirit realm. Yeah, he was (laughs) telling them, you guys have to have a consecrated life. You got to live in a spooky. You have to live (laughs) in the spooky if you want to get rid of the spooky thing. But but we don't want to live in the spooky. Perfect example of that. Everybody has a card. Everybody has a bank card. Yeah. Most people have a bank card, at least a credit card, a rush card. You got an independence card. Well, they don't call it that no more. EBT card. You got a card of some sort in which you can move and do transactions with. You can use that anywhere, anytime you want. But to use it in the green is different than using it in the red. That's right. That's right. What I'm saying is you using it with money is different than you using it without Without money. I remember when I wasn't sure how much was on my card. I gave it to the person, but I gave it to them anxiously. I gave it to them trepidatiously. I gave it to them with hesitation. I gave it to them with an unsureness (laughs) of what in the world was going to happen from here on out. And then I'm looking over to see the waitress. And one time I actually saw her try it again. And I said, oh, she's going to even have to try it again. It's not enough. And I'm start dig- I already was digging in my wallet for the next card. card. Hoping that I can do this thing that I can do freely yes. and confidently. Yes. When I know there's something in there. Yeah. That's where people are at. You don't have no spirit, but you're trying to use the things of the spirit in a deficit. Yeah. And he says, live there. If we live there, then of course, if you're living in a place that you can, from that place, you can be able to give out of that place that is full. See, the the spirit realm, this is a a prepared place for prepared people. Absolutely. We should be living in this place because this is what the blood of Christ. This is what it's going to look like. Yes. You can't live spiritually bankrupt. Yeah. And think that you're going to reap the spiritual fortune of heaven. No, because you wouldn't even feel comfortable there. You wouldn't there. even feel right. You don't even know. You have no taste of it. The uh, Matthew 6 and 10 says, on earth as, as it, it is, is in, in heaven. heaven. And it was so important that Jesus, when he prayed to the Father, he said, Father, I pray that you not take them out of this world, but keep them in this present world. And he, what he was saying was, Father, keep them in the spirit. 
kingdom in this world because yeah. uh, you see Jesus was ever present with with what well, the project was at hand and it was we wish that none should perish he said so you got to keep those that are in you, in you already so that they can bring more folks in you this is my concern it, the, the churches have no problem saying Jesus they have no problem preaching Jesus no things of Jesus but Jesus himself said it is to your advantage that I leave yeah. that you might have the spirit. They don't want that. So it's to his advantage he left. Not so you can remember him, yes. but remember him and receive the gift that he gave you. Of the spirit. It's, it's, you don't honor, you know, we're going to talk. I'm going to have another podcast with you. We're going to have many more. But one that's coming up is we're going to talk about worship. Yeah. Well, we have to because just the way that people talk about worship, it's the most, it's the only sacred thing that is spoken about in church now. Yeah. Is the the musical portion of service is the more sacred thing to people. And they're like, we're gonna usher in the spirit of God. Well, I, I, I'm 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 concerned. I I think it's because when as far back in 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 the Bible. When you seen how raging the spirit was in Saul, and how the music calmed them, it soothed them. Yeah. It soothed them. Well, as far back as you can go, you can see that music has the capability of s- comfort, comforting, and invoking something, and invoking something. Yeah. Um, there's studies of African music, and you've seen how strong and how fast they would they would dance. And they would dance until and there's actually a, there's a spiritual connection to music. Yeah, in in every facet, not just in in church, but in every portion of the world. And and the church strategically uses it to as sometimes to render the person unconscious, so that they're moving in a way. That, to I'm I'll be yeah. honest with you, they're they're moving in a way. It, it's like the first time I went to a concert, and it was overwhelming to me. But my sister purchased tickets, and it was the OJ's, the Commodores, <laughs> and uh, I forget Earth, that. Wind Fire? Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, I remember you telling me about this. <laughs> and I got in there, and the lights were, you know, flashing, and and they started singing the Stairway to Heaven. And I could feel myself just, I felt like I could just float right up (laughs) to heaven, you know, and it was overwhelming. This thing was overwhelming. The people next to me were screaming and hollering and falling out. And the Commodores got up there and it was just over. Lionel Richie was part of the Commodores and he, I mean, the women were just falling out and it was overwhelming. overwhelming. It's just an emotional just overtaking, and it feels something. But yeah. It feels. Yeah. And now we've distilled the spirit of God to feels. Yeah. And there is the problem because the spirit of God is a gift. Yeah. That moves in a gifted way. And I, I, I think that that is the issue because what you do feel when the spirit, the sincere spirit of God, comes in. Are feelings that you don't like. First of all, you feel ever overwhelming sense of yeah. fear or reverence. Then you feel an overwhelming sense is woe is me. Yeah. <laughs> I am undone. Yeah. I am undone and I live in a place where of men with undone. It's like you're lips. you're ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> because you're literally, we do respond to it. In the human way, just how Isaiah did. Yes. When he saw the Lord high and lifted up. Yeah. And his train filled the temple. Yeah. And, and he said, I am a man of unclean lips. Yeah. He immediately he said, looked. Great. I'm glad you know that. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you what to say. And he said, he laid a word on his lips and it burned like fire. Fire. And there's a scripture that goes with this. Acts chapter 4, where I, where I said, we, we prayed and the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Yes. And that is the completion of this interaction with the spirit is that we leave with boldness. Yes. 
we don't leave with just an emotion. We leave with a presence of mind. Mind. That has been changed by the Spirit. These people were filled with the Spirit, not so they could go home exhausted from shouting across the church, but have lack yeah. boldness yeah. to speak the word. And just to, to allow God to be seen. There's no boldness. That's the fruit. That's the gifting yeah. of the Spirit. We always talk about the gifts of the Spirit, and people forget. When you read out the gifts of the Spirit, which I'm about to do right now, one of them is the boldness of just speaking the Word. I know the Spirit transformed my life when I changed my perspective of the Word, and then the way that I handled the Word, and then the way that I spoke the, the Word. The Word is altogether different. It is. It's like you say, touch not, taste not, handle not the unclean thing. What the Spirit does is it makes it so that I touch, taste, and handle, handle. the Word of God. Yeah. That's not what's happening here. No. Number one, our taste buds are all off. Our palate is horrible. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to say something. and I, I was at a seafood place, and I asked the young the waitress, I said, how are the hush puppies? And she said, they good. And I, I thought to myself, I don't know her taste. <laughs> I don't know her taste at all. I don't know what she partakes in. Yeah. She, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what she her palate is. Yeah. So it's hard for me to take her word. Something about it, it just wouldn't let me take her word. <laughs> and so I said, well, no hush puppies for us. <laughs> No hush puppies. So the way something about the way she said they good, and I'm, I'm thinking about. I started thinking about all the things she could have put in her mouth, and all the things she could have tasted in the span of her life. Yes, they could have altered her, her taste, taste buds a yes. certain way. Yes, that we, even Gordon Ramsay would be like, "This is this is disgusting." Why did you think it was good? That's people's problem. Yes, is that the spirit comes and he changes my taste, my appetite. Yeah, he changes what I touch. He changes what I endeavor towards. Yeah, then he changes what I handle. He changes how I think and reason and move because we don't even realize you guys how you handle things is how you think about things. how you think about it. He changes that in the spirit. In the spirit, I, we are. That's how we know you feel with the spirit. Yes, is that you now touch, taste, and handle the clean thing. And this is this is something because he's oh, using he's using all of the the senses and the senses that have been corrupted through our own human nature. Yeah. He's using those same senses to connect us to the thing that we can't live without. We can't be changed unless our taste buds desire that sweet taste of the word. Yeah. Now, I the, grew up listening to you speak in tongues. Yeah. And to this day, I don't know, you know, I, I'm like, well, I don't speak in tongues. And it's something that I, it's always in the back of my mind. Yeah. Because I, I, I've, I'm endeavoring to, to know God in a great way. I'm learning. I felt him move through me. Yes. I, I've prophesied to people. I've yes. prayed over them and, and spoken in it. And, and I'm like, truth. this is prophecy. Yes. I, I, I see it. I yes. feel it. Yes. But I have yet to speak in tongues. And, and it's one of those things, uh, because I want you to talk about, but I'm going to share the scripture okay. to, to lay the, the groundwork, because then I want you to just go go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 through 11 gave me some insight. Mm -hmm. uh, it said, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers. I do not want you to be uninformed. I'm uninformed. Yes. Because I thought that what my mother did, I should do as well. Right. Because of the spirit. Right. It says, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. This is another problem. Yeah. Is that we are engaging in a spirit that we want to silence. Yes. <laughs> we want him to be a slave. Yeah. We want him to do as he's told. And never say anything Back to, to us, us or through, through us. us. Yeah. However you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy 
spirit. This is a problem. We'll, we'll talk. We got to talk about yeah. that too. Yeah. But now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. Variety of ways the spirit articulates himself. Yes. In people, but it's the same spirit. And and I w- I want to say that God uses and He dispenses these gifts as needed. It's as a need to as a need to know basis. Yeah. And um the reason why I say that is I've seen some people who um say that they've never sp- spoken in tongues mm-hmm. for their whole entire life, but yet they have prophesied. And when praying for a person, they were able to speak and you and you could hear the the spirit engaging with that spirit. Yeah. I've and, and, and to, just to pin it right there, some people will say, how would you know? I know that I, we have a lot of listeners. I appreciate your support. I also know we have a lot of people who listen for the express reason of being a naysayer or being cynical. And I, right. they got to understand, this podcast is really for you because I was that person. Right. And, and so when people say, well, how do you know that you prophesied? Well, part of the reason that we have to move a certain way is so that God can have his way. Yes. And so when I don't know nothing about you, because I don't gossip with you, and I don't know your junk, I don't know your mess, yes. I don't know the foolishness you've been in, yes. I don't know the decisions you've made, good or bad, and then you come in front of me and you ask for a prayer, and then I speak something that is so specific that it is beyond me. I'm not even involved anymore. Right. I'm talking and I don't know what I'm saying. Right. That's part of that prayer and fasting. See, you went straight to it. The prayer and fasting is that we we remove ourselves from the interaction of being able to talk about people's problems, being able to know about their problems or in that arena. Yeah. So that we can avail ourselves to the spirit. To the truth. To the truth, and which so is in the spirit of God. when people say, how do you know? I know the same way you would know something if you were a witness to it. Yes, right. I am a firsthand witness of God moving. Yes. Because he's moving through me, and I can attest that it wasn't me. It now, you might not be able to attest that it wasn't me. Right. But that's on you. That's on but you. But if I prayed <laughs> for you, and I said something that you know, that only you know, that only you know, then you would be a witness to what I was a witness to. to. That's right. And so my prayer for you naysayers and you people who have a, a, a skeptical eye at this is go get prayed for. That's right. Not only that, go to a spirit built church with spirit built people and watch the spirit build you up. That's right. Not only that, put yourself in the if if you want to know that it's God, <laughs> put yourself in a position of not telling people. Keep you keep your keep, stuff to yourself. Keep your stuff to yourself and reserve it for God. <laughs> Say, God, I'm gonna give you <laughs> first shot. Let let God unpack it, not you. <laughs> and, and you'll be surprised at what he puts back in there. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. But we as the people of God and ministers of God, we have to hold that. We, we have, have to, to hold, hold it. And and you know, I've been in that, I've been in the position where I've spoken this to other people in ministry. Yeah. And I've had to say, wait a minute, I can't, I'm not wasting my time. Praying for people at the altar. And you already then schooled me about their junk. And sometimes there's been times where I've had to pray for people and I did know too much. Yeah. And I, I found myself even more so having to, to have that war up there. And this yeah. stuff is happening in a matter of milliseconds. Yes. It's happening in a matter of seconds. Like, I'm like, Lord, there's been times where my heart unchecked have had to pray for people that I've had issues with. Yeah. And at that moment, I'm even like, Lord, prepare my heart for this. I've even prepare my heart to be used. I've been at been at the altar, and I've had the opportunity to say to another minister, "Pray for this person," because because I can. Most times, it's it's either a, a a relative of mine that that I know too much about. Yeah. 
Um, and because of that, they're not going to see the power of God. Anything I say, they're going to say she knew it because of this right. person. And so it's like Jesus couldn't be received in his hometown. We got to be careful about what we allow to be our home yeah. when we when we are changed. Because it's our job, too, as the, the house that Spirit built and the people that Spirit built. Yeah. To move in a way where people leave amazed and perplexed. Yeah. See, perplexing matters are not bad. Right, they aren't. I, I, I want you to listen to podcasts and be perplexed. Right. I want you to be bent out of shape. Because that means God can put you back on that wheel and mold you <laughs> I think mold you right. The first time that, that I seen the spirit move, I was not only perplexed, I was scared to yeah. death. And I said, whatever that is, I don't want it. I don't want any of that. But at the same time, I was so broken on the inside that it Here goes nothing. It only t- yeah. it only took a few days, <laughs> and I was like, "Whatever it is, it can't feel worse than this." It can't feel worse. I, I, I wrote. I, I, I'm gonna take a chance. I wrote a song that said that. Like, it, I, you literally spoke into nothing, and there was everything. Yes. So if you could do that with all of this, I wonder what you could do with me. That's right. Here goes some more nothing. Here goes nothing. Here goes nothing. Here <laughs> and, goes nothing. And it's it's amazing to me because all of a sudden, the I heard tongues. You know, I heard it was at the time it was my sister speaking in tongues, and I heard her speaking in tongues mm-hmm. and talking. But the thing that really got me is that she was engaging in a conversation that I felt like it should have been one sided. Yeah. But she was getting answers. And how did I know she was getting answers? She was speaking in tongues and then she was talking in English. Yeah. And it just seemed like this continuous conversation that it was full. It was jam packed full of answers and stuff. And I'm sitting down because they didn't have a register. It was just a hole up there. And I'm sitting underneath there, and the tears were just flying out of my eyes because I'm thinking to myself, if it's that easy to reach God, and he giving this kind of information back, I want some of that. I'm I'm in a mess down here, and and I, I want some of that. And the only thing that separated me at that time from actually going Upstairs was that I didn't feel worthy. I said, surely she must be doing something to make herself worthy to receive all of this. You know, because she, you know, and I took a look around at her situation and the peace of God was with her. That's that's another thing that we have to make sure we underscore is that people have a certain view of people who are using the gifts. Yeah. Not understanding that the spirit wants to not only be in you, but articulate itself through you. Yes. And that goes for every one. Yes. So much so that literally 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy ghost, which is in you which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. own. And something I had to realize is that uh, I I always heard that you can't live your mother's salvation. Right. But God built on that for me, and he said, you can't use your mother's spirit. That's right. You have to manifest the spirit that is in you. you. And I was whenever I was going through, I was like, Mom, pray for me. Whenever I was sick or when I was suicidal yes, <laughs> at the time, when I was struggling with mental illness yeah. at the time, I said, Mama, pray. Yeah. And you let me know you got to start to use what's hidden in you. In you. And, and actually, that goes back to uh, speaking in tongues because for me— the biggest problem I had was my thought process. The way that I thought. Yeah. Even when I prayed, I prayed from my thought process. I prayed from my thinking. Mm-hmm. I 
decide what I want God to move inside, how he wanted to move. You know, I say, God, this is the list for the day. And I yeah. go down the list. This is what prayer, prayer for me was me telling God what I needed done so that I could better serve him. Yeah. And I had, somebody told me and I would listen. They were people who were in God. And, yeah. and they said, you know, you spend a little bit of time listening for God. So I said, okay, I'll listen for you. <laughs> and so I sat there and I started listening. And the thing that God instructed me was he said, seek for yourself what I have for you. And I start saying, God, what do you have for me? My problem was my mind. Yeah. And as soon as I began to speak in tongues, I didn't understand what I was saying. But it freed my mind. It freed my thoughts. And, there, and I immediately was giving confidence. That not only did God hear me, but he answered me. Yeah. And he answers in English. And, and he, he, doesn't that, answer in, he doesn't I, answer in tongues. I hope that people are hearing what we're saying. As, as much as it, we're talking about the spirit, it's not one thing. No. It's not just the spirit using you. It's the spirit empowering. Empowering. And it, that's why we can't be scared of the thing that truly takes us from the scary place. I, I really, <laughs> I really think that that this is why God empowers us is 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 so that He can do the marvelous works. And redeem the people back to himself that Jesus Christ died for on the cross. Perfect, perfect time to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And he says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in every one. Yes. He's empowering all of the stuff in all of us. Why? To each is giving the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Yes. We we have to understand why this even matters. Because people are like, y'all making too much of this. I like I go to church, I hear a good word. You can't do the work it, of the, it, you it, can't do the work of God. We we cannot do the work that is to a common good. Yes. Because that's what's happening. People say the church is a hospital for us. Well, a hospital is either doing a common good or they got a problem. Because the only people that are in a hospital are sick people. You're either in intensive care. You're in the general population. You know, you're doing satisfactory. And if everybody but, dies at the table, yeah, there's a problem. They're left. You're, you're, you're let out the door at a hospital when you're, when you're able to go back to work. Not, not at these hospitals. Not the HMO church that we deal with. Yeah. We take sick people and we tell them when our, their time is up according to us. Yeah. Not according to whether they healed. When we are tired of giving, when they, them get, giving to them is not returned with anything. Yeah. Oh, you don't got no insurance? Oh, you don't pay tithes? Yeah. They send you right out in the street with your same issues, your same mental illness, your same spirit, and your butt hanging out your gown. Yeah. And For how, the whole world to laugh at in the open shame. But you know who's being put to open shame? The church. The church is being put to open shame. Because everybody knows it. Everybody knows a bad hospital. Yeah. People say it. There, there used to be a hospital. I ain't going to besmirch the name of this hospital. But there was a hospital when, when we lived in Baltimore that <laughs> nobody wanted to go no to. to. <laughs> and so no matter who you talk to, when you said this particular hospital, they're like, you went there? Mm-hmm. I'm like, when did this? This was before Yelp. Yeah. This is before any internet. Any How did this hospital get such a bad name across Baltimore? Yes. Because so many people had a bad experience. Because they had a bad experience or knew somebody who had a bad experience. Yes. And that's what happens. I don't care if you want to call the church a hospital. If this church is not spirit driven, this church, this hospital has a bad name. Yeah. 
Because it's just going to continue to have Because a, it's not doing a common good. good. And the that's decency, with a purpose. With a purpose. The decency of humanity is that we provide to them something that their humanity cannot provide them. And that is the spirit of God that saves the mind from itself. You look at a suicidal person and you say, somebody needs to help them. You've seen so many people putting the phone number for the suicide hotline. Yeah. And so many people saying, go talk to, encourage your strong friend. And so many people saying, if anybody needs some help or just a shoulder to cry on, I'm here. Yeah. And all of that stuff, while therapeutic and very helpful and kind-hearted, it is not the common good that helps the hurting soul. No, and, and because we, we as the church now turn to those means and we, we uh, tell our people— it's, it's sad. It's sad. We've been neutered so much that we, the church, the power of God, the church that's supposed to exude the power of God can only administer and offer what a therapist can. Yeah. So, well, let me say, um, they're not even, the church is not even going that far. Because, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we're not even licensed from a secular perspective. Yes. And so malpractice mm-hmm. can be filed in many of these churches. Some of y'all broken marriages at the hands of bad church counseling, and you literally should have the right to, to sue. sue them for malpractice. But no. And the only reason we can even be liable to malpractice is because we are practicing the natural instead of the spiritual. Instead of the spiritual. And we're handling the thing. That he handling the natural thing in a very unprofessional way. Yeah. And we handle not the spirit of God in any kind. And and we've been forbidden. When we <laughs> when we come over to the spirit realm, when you when you say yes to God, when you say, Lord, I accept you, you're saying, I am now accepting the spirit as truth, and I now defy the natural. Which used to be my truth. Yeah. And, and why do I say that? Because we're expecting to live eternally, which is can only be given in Think the spirit about, realm. Oh my goodness. Think about that. I, I it's amazing that you put that. You don't even have Instagram, so you don't even know what I put last week. But I say eternal life starts with eternal living. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's the truth. If you can't live eternal, why do you think you're gonna have eternal life? And if you these, can't love eternally, you can't give eternally, you can't fight eternally. Yeah, you, you don't think do all of this eternally. stuff is spooky. Everything is spooky because you can't comprehend it in your small mind. And you know what? When you lose, when we lose confidence in our own ability and mm. human, our own human effort, we say, I cannot do it. And we realize that the only way we can accomplish anything is through the spirit of God, who through the graciousness of the father has been bestowed upon us. Allowed us to be the temple ah. of the Holy, Holy Ghost. Literally, if, if we're going to complain about anything, because I'm, I'm one of those people, y'all know, I, when it comes to church, um, I am hard on the church. Yeah. But I got to be just as hard on myself because I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. I am. Yep. And then if all of us are the temple of the Holy Ghost and we come together, we make the church. Yes. We make the church. We literally don't even understand what makes a church. Yeah. It's not a a, a permit from the city it, council. We don't understand. We don't understand any of it because we haven't taken any time. We just heap it upon ourselves. See, we we don't mind. See, if you really talk to people, the reason why uh, they're, they're leaders in the church is because they've really encountered the spirit of God working in their life. Yeah. And they heap it upon themselves. They love it. Oh, yeah, it's in the middle of the night. God hit, God healed me in the middle of the night. God delivered me from drugs. Yeah. God did. They have experience, but because they're not willing to allow the spirit to work through them to accomplish the purpose, yeah. then they just heap to themselves stuff that they can allow people to be 
fascinated by their story. This will cause a lot of people to come. A lot of people come to go to a church because they hear about the story of the pastor. Or they, they say, you know who he used to be. Yes. He used to be a mean, nasty thing, but he not like that no more. You know, something that, you know, God's been working on me with is that he said, the spirit is a consuming fire. But what draws people is not what keeps people. That's right. See, we don't see the fire. We smell the smoke. Yeah. The aroma of God is all some of these churches have. That's it. And when people come led by the aroma, yeah, they realize there's nothing cooking. And, and, and there's no fire. There's no fire. There's no fire. There's no fire. This just a, this is just smoke. we just selling smell. Literally, it, oh, there was a, a, a restaurant, and they wasn't even grilling anything. They were using this solution, and it's called mesquite oil, and they put it on. All the food, all the food, and the chef was like, "This is sacrilegious." <laughs> yeah, you, you said what in the world? <laughs> and they, the chef kept lying. He was like, "It's it's char broiled, it's charred grilled." And then he came back. And he was like, "There's nothing. There's no char to grill. <laughs> it's just oil." Yeah. Did you put on everything? Yeah. It smells like it, but it's not it. It's not it. And this is what this is what church is. We don't have no charboiled Christians, but we don't. We just got mesquite flavored and and spirit flavored Christians. And I want to I want to challenge people because do you know if that you if you become a seeker of that which is real, that you place a demand at your church at your church. Absolutely, you start seeking. What is real? I sought to be changed and still seek to be changed. I still seek the greater. I still seek to know more of God. And if we don't remain in that place, then there is no demand on the church. Absolutely. We go in and we come out the same. Going back to your broken homes, your crying, crying filled nights. Why? And then I get up and I go and it's, and she sings my favorite song and the words were pretty good. And at the end, somebody prayed, put some oil on me, and I feel like but, I can make it for one more week. But where is the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good? It's not there. The manifestation of the Spirit is not shouting. No, it's because not. Because shouting doesn't produce the common good. It's not. Manifestation of the Spirit is not people crying. Nope. Because crying doesn't produce the common good. Nope. The manifestation of the Spirit looks like this. For one is given through the Spirit of utterance of wisdom. See, the Spirit manifested has people speaking wisdom. Yes. Spirit manifested has people uttering knowledge according to the same Spirit. Same Spirit. The Spirit manifested has another with faith by the same Spirit. Yes. To another, gifts of healing. By the same spirit to another working of miracles to another prophecy to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. Mm-hmm. Oh, y'all didn't think that, that that's a needed gift. That's a needed, yeah, that's gift. a needed gift. Some of you have married people because you lack the ability to, to distinguish, distinguish spirits. Yep. You distinguish what you like and don't like according to your reproductive organs and not according to the working of the spirit, spirit. within you. That's and true. that's a problem. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of of those tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Yes. That is the manifestation of the Spirit. That is what should be oozing out of us for the common good. That is the house that Spirit built. And I guarantee if the men and women of God that are leaders in their churches, if they began to allow God to take authority, give him back the ability to use us, give him back. You know, I watched it being shifted. I watched it being manipulated. 
I've seen it in any light you can think of. I've seen it. Mm. I've seen it. I I was out of church for for two years, and I seen the spirit move in the kitchen, in the living room, in the dining room, um, different times. Mm. I seen people come in and get saved. I seen people go out delivered at no church, just in a house, just 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 tired of the realm of church, and been able to see God move for the common good. If if the spirit first moved in an attic, why you think he can't move in your home? That's right. The people and people, even, people dealing with all types of stuff, ma. And this is what they say: I can't wait till Sunday. And, and I can't wait till Sunday. To, I gotta bring this boy to church. I can't yeah. wait till Sunday because this got to get right. I, this ain't. This and ain't they no have thing. just to hear, just to hear. I'd like to say impotent. The impotent. Oh, I love that word. Impotent Christian. Impotent Christian. How am I impotent? Because I cannot manifest the, the power, spirit of God. But it's living in me. And you they, know they say it's living. But in you me. know the charge that God has because there. It's not even. It's, I, I don't even know if you can call this a command because he just said, quench not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He didn't even put the niceties on there. And he didn't say, do not, do we, not quench. Jesus. We are literally, we're going to touch on quenching the Spirit in a little more matters. Yeah. But, Ma, this was great. This, once again, this is one of those things where we'll, like, we'll, we'll revisit the Spirit again and, and talk about it more. Um, we already gave y'all uh, six extra minutes because I try to keep things to an hour. So it, it, we're at an hour six. But I appreciate um, you coming and talking about this. This is powerful. Um, episode 69, The House That Spirit Built. I'm Forrest Hall. I'm Minister Sylvia Hall. <laughs> oh, I'm Minister Forrest Hall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Real Church Matters. Obedience over audience as always. God bless.